This episode, what it takes to get through one of the toughest tests the U.S. Army has to offer. You might call it craziness, but our next guest calls it resilience. I'm Daniel Lance, along with co-host Paul Gilman, and from Paul's Basement Studios, this is Podso One. First Lieutenant Jack Stockhausen is not one for taking the easy road. At 25 years old, he bears the distinctions of being a West Point alumnus and U.S. Army Ranger with a deployment under his belt. Jack comes on to talk about his time at the academy and how upon failing Ranger School in the final week, he decided to do what few others do, go back and start the grueling course all over again. We are also joined by Jack's dad, Mike, who came on back in our first episode to tell his story. So here are the Stockhausens. Mike and Jack, thank you for coming on to the show. Uh, we really appreciate your time today. And I think this is really the, the Jack show. Uh, Mike, we've had on in a previous episode. So, yeah, again, episode thank you. One, episode one, man. <laughs> yep, Mike's OG. So he, he's here to help us uh, talk to Jack a little bit. So let's get started. Jack, when did the idea of going to West Point enter your mind? So I want to say around sophomore year in high school was when it really kind of came to fruition as being like a, uh, as like a possibility really. Um, you know, I was, you know, of course, growing up with my dad in the, in the army and, you know, being around it, you know, my whole childhood, I knew I kind of, I, I was always fascinated with the army. I, I knew I always kind of wanted to be in it, but, um, you know, growing up, you really don't, you don't know how, you know, how you're going to get there or what it's going to look like or anything until you kind of start looking into you know, your mid high school years of like, you know, what's, what's, what's my future? You know, where do I want to go to college? Do I want to go to college? Do I want to, what do I want to do really? It really actually started, it was really two things. It was the Naval Academy and West Point, you know, were the two options, you know, because either one and, and Air Force as well looked into all three, but right at the beginning, it was Navy or West Point. And I remember when it really came down, when I really kind of started thinking about it more and more is uh, we had a fa good family friend of ours, my grandparents, you know, own a uh, beach cottage down in the Outer Banks. And, you know, we'd go down there summers and all that. And a good friend of my grandfather's who ended up becoming a good family friend, you know, our family, his family and all that, um, the Durkins, they had three of their boys all go to the Naval Academy. And they're a little bit older than me. And, um, yeah, I know I, you know, met them growing up and hanging out with them when we were at the beach in the summer. And they're all really cool guys. And one of them had gone on to uh, become like a SEAL, which, you know, at the time, I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> but uh, we we're uh, that's right. Yeah, about the sophomore year we really came, and then just started looking looking into everything, and and from there it really became the uh, the dream and the goal. So, it's, what was the process like um, applying and eventually getting admitted? Uh, it was it was actually pretty uh, it's pretty in depth process. Um, you start normally about your junior year, the summer going into your junior year, so about two years out from when you'd actually enter in, you know, with that making contacts and, app, you know, getting your applications going, getting your SATs, basically putting together your packet because uh, it's different from a lot of other college applications is because you need, you only need the application that goes to the, uh, the school itself, but you need to apply through your congressmen and your senators for your, you know, your local uh, congressional district, federal congressional district, and then your, you know, your senators too for the state. Um, because they need to 
nominates you to go to the school as well. So it's almost like you're working on two separate applications at once, doing two different sets of interviews, you know, one through the academy and then one through, you know, your congressman or your senators or the different nomination sources they have. And then, you know, doing that, and I was applying for all three of them too, you know, uh, West Point, Naval Academy and Air Force Academy. For me, it was a really good, you know, not just getting after trying to accomplish my goal there, but it was also a really good developmental thing too. Uh, I feel like I really, uh, you know, learned a lot about, you know, professionalism and maturity and all that just within that time frame there, you know, because you were going to all these interviews, uh, you had to learn how to, you know, present yourself, to learn how to speak well, be able to answer, you know, questions and you really, you know, present yourself in, in, in a good way, all these interviews and stuff you were doing. So I think it really developed me and prepared me just, just the application process itself uh, for it also. It was pretty lengthy. And then uh, February of 2013, so February of my senior year in high school, we got the um, letter in the mail that uh, the uh, all the work, hard work had paid off up to that point and uh, was accepted in. So, But that was only, that was just the beginning from there. But I feel like uh, saying congratulations. <laughs> it was good. I would say uh, it was an interesting process. It, it sounds like something you need a lot of foresight for. I, I mean, at the end of my sophomore year in high school, college was a distant reality. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing the next year, much less two years out. So that's pretty cool. When you got to West Point, you said that you had you had kind of an idea of what West Point was like. What did you notice that was different from the idea that you had before going in? So I think you don't really know until you get there and you experience it for yourself. Uh, so yeah, but when we started, they immediately, you know, kind of throw you to the fire at West Point. So you go straight in. I was like two weeks after I graduated high school, I was, you know, get my head shaved and going into, you know, their version of their basic uh, training program that summer. So it was, uh, it was a big, it was a quick transition and all that. And overall, you know, it's, it's kind of what you expect it to be like, but again, it's, it challenges you or it was challenging in so many different ways than I didn't, you know, then it really, when you're going into it at 18, you, you don't know what, you know, because you know what it's going to do. Because like I mentioned, Nick, when you, you go in, you think, oh, man, I could do anything. I was just accepted. Like, I'm going to take this by storm. And, you know, and it's made to, you know, kind of humble you as soon as you get there, too. And maybe hum- you know, humble you, kind of break you down. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people did, you know, drop out, especially at the beginning, too. And I just went for me. But I was like, this is what I want to do. This is this was my dream. This is my goal. Like, I mean, there was a lot of times, you know, during the four years there when it was it was tough. And it, I mean, it's, it's supposed to be tough. It's supposed to be challenging always, personally, you know, academically, physically, all that. But that's, you know, that's how it's structured to be. And the ways that it's designed to test you and to mold you, you really don't realize until after. A lot of the lessons I learned there, you know, not only about online work ethic and, and uh, but a lot of the just general personal lessons I learned there, they don't come out. And so you don't really realize them or appreciate them until a couple of years down the road. Um, and when you see it, it's like, oh man, like you, you appreciate it so much more. When you were in the thick of it and going through it and being broken down and being humbled, how regulated was your life? Like how, how was that whole experience? It was uh, overall, yeah, it was pretty regulated, especially your first, uh, your first couple of years there, especially the first year. It's very, very regimented. Um, you know, every, pretty much every minute of your day is either scheduled or planned out and in some fashion, from waking up to going to bed at night, even on the weekends, it was, you know, all just regimented time. You study, you study a lot. 
the classes are rigorous. So, I mean, but it's, it's a constant grind, but it's, it gets better as you go on. So like, like I mentioned, the first year or two, it's very, very structured, very restricted in a way. And then as you get older, you know, it's like with anything with seniority, you go into your, your senior year, you get a little bit more freedom, but then your responsibility increases. What was your, 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 your first semester? What was the first class on like Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Oh yeah. So every <laughs> semester you had to take a physical education class of some way. And my first semester there at 7.30 in the morning was boxing. So it was getting punched in the face and fighting first thing in the morning before <laughs> for the whole semester. It was good. That was good. I mean, that was the best way to wake you up in the morning. That's for sure. It was getting rocked in the face. <laughs> that's at 7.30 in the morning? Yep, 7.30 in the morning. That was good. I mean, but that's one of the, you know, the classes too. It's part of the whole design, the whole system to, you know, kind of make you tough, make you resilient. And, you know, taking a punch at 7.30 in the morning is not, <laughs> is not desirable at all. You really, you, it was awful. <laughs> did it instill a desire uh, in you to pursue martial arts? It did not. So with, with the Army too, we always practice different uh, combatives. And the combatives, you know, levels in the Army are, is a big thing. Everyone's, you know, combatives certified. Um, and that's like your basic like hand-to-hand combat skills and you can you can progress more and more if you want um, but it's just like something everyone does everyone takes boxing everyone takes you know combatives in some way for me uh, I never did anything past just like the the uh, the base level things uh, I know a lot of guys who are who love that stuff and have you know become combatives level certified or went to like some advanced martial arts and all that but uh, for me yeah I mean it was, it was fun throwing some punches yeah. and all that and getting, getting after it. But I was, yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, was there anything about going to West Point that surprised you? So you do, there's, there are people come from all different backgrounds, every parts of the country. Cause you think, you know, every congressional district across the entire country is represented in some way. So, you know, not only is there people from fellow people from Virginia, but there's people from Alaska, Hawaii, Montana. I mean, it's just, so many different backgrounds, you know, are represented there. So that was, I really liked that a lot because you got to, you got to know a lot of people because when you're in those structured environments, you become very, very close with people. Your buddies who are with you, with you, you're, we're all divided up into different companies there. There's 32 different companies at, at school and the people, you know, and each company consists of an even, uh, even amount of, of uh, cadets from each class. So freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors, and you become very, very tight knit with the people in your company. And it's the same thing. They come from all different backgrounds. They had all different experiences going into it, but we're all there and we're all you know, in it together. So I really, I really liked that aspect a lot. And again, it's like something you really don't know going into it. Um, mm. Like how, how it's going to be, how it's going to turn out, but it's um, something that ends up being one of the best parts of, of your time there is, is just the camaraderie and the relationships you build while you're there. So would you recommend West Point to high schoolers, like any high schooler? Yeah, I would. I would. And if they really want to do it, because you, you have to, you have to want it. I'd say you have, you definitely have to want it. And the people who really got in there and their heart wasn't set on it, their heart wasn't set on being at West Point, their heart wasn't set on commissioning, their heart wasn't set on being an army officer. 
those are the people who, who left, you know, because I mean, your heart, no matter how difficult it gets at any point, that's what, that's what carries you through is, you know, how bad you want it and how you basically make quitting not an option. So people that even went through the two year prep, t- talking to congressmen, senators, going through all the hoops to get into West Point, they'd get to West Point and then they would leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, uh, we had some people uh, leave and quit and you know, just decided it wasn't for them, which is no shame on their part or anything. But, you know, it's you got to you got to want it the whole time you're there. You got to build the grit while you're there mm-hmm. um, to get through. So I mean, I would tell any any high schooler who, you know, wants to go or has aspirations of going to definitely, you know, make it, you know, try to make it happen and, and, and get there, but just know that, Hey, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of work, but every is 100% worth it. All of it's 100% worth it, but your heart has to be there. Was there a, a moment during your tenure there that you felt like quitting? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, quite a bit actually you you question it a lot you know because it is such a constant grind a constant challenge and you're questioning you man do i really want to be here do i really want to do this like is this worth it um you know you have constant questions you see you know a lot of your friends you know, on the outside you know doing different things uh with a lot more freedom and you know guys you went to high school with and you know, people on the outside too and you really wonder man like is this is this grind is is this really worth it all? Is this what I want to do? But again, you you fall back on you know your heart. Again, you just don't make quitting an option, and that's what pulls you through that. But yeah, there there are multiple times I wanted to quit and wanted to just <laughs> throw in the towel and and you know transfer out of there. And I, I never I don't think they were really serious. You know, I think it was just kind of more like frustration at the moment. And my dad, my dad can attest this too, because I called him quite a few times, being like, "Oh, what the hell am I doing here?" Like this is, but it was more just like it was out of just frustration in the moment. Um, and it was like everything, like you know, I'd be late at night doing something, wasn't get anywhere with something, just frustration. Talking to my dad, being like, "I don't know if this is worth it. This is just crazy." You know, my dad, you know, dad would he'd call me down, talk some sense into me and all that. But you know, like you wake up the next day, you kind of reorient yourself. You know, with with everything, you know, like, all right, cool. But we're back. We're back on it. So that's awesome. It it really seems like, I I mean, I've only spoken to you for a few minutes now, but you seem like a well-adjusted guy, and it seems like such a cool and um, bettering experience to go through all those years, especially at such an early age, because I think it really points you the trajectory of your life and and your character development in such a good direction when you're really young. Kind of sucked when we were there, but man, it's sure good to be from there, you know, just because looking back, you just appreciate it, you know, so much more from the outside. And uh, a couple months ago, my a classmate of mine uh, got married and we kind of had like a mini reunion up at his wedding in uh, in New Jersey. And we we're about an hour and a half from, from West Point, which is, you know, just across the border in New York, uh, just north of New York City. And so really, yeah, well, you know, why don't we take a ride up there. It's my it's been my first time back in about two and a half years since I graduated. Um back to you know the campus and 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 kind of just back into that environment. And uh yeah, r- riding back on to campus for the first time. And again, you have two and a half years. Um you know so much had happened but you know going into my you know my army career uh you know after 
graduation and, you know, during that time and, you know, stepping foot back on the campus for the first time was just like very surreal and humbling experience. And, and that's kind of when it, it kind of just dawns on you like, oh man, this is, this was 100% worth it. Very cool. So I went to liberal arts college and there was a lot of stringent anti-hazing rules and fraternities. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I think of when I think of military academy, you know, I think of uh, full metal jacket or, or just yeah. mm-hmm. kind of the, the, the drill instructor laying into people. Uh, and I'm wondering, did you ever fi- think that there was like a line between being humbled and broken down and being hazed? And was that line crossed? So in my experience, for me personally, the line was never crossed. There's, there's a very big difference, like you mentioned, too, of breaking you down, humbling you versus hazing. And I think that that was big thing that was kind of preached at West Point. Just part of the culture there was we're here to break you down. But again, we're all on the same team and we want to build you up into where we want, you know, what we want you to be. And I think that most of the the army is like that, too. And my dad can attest to it to you at his time. A lot of the experiences kind of went along with his his uh his experiences you know in the ranger regiment early on was they built they they break you down they break you down but it's not necessarily just for that reason it had it has a larger purpose to it mm-hmm. and there are there are there were cases and again none of them you know nothing i experienced directly or, or saw directly but there were cases there there are outliers people just kind of doing stupid things to other people um just because just because they can but i think it's good it's good to be tough on people it's good to expect a lot of people especially younger people coming in your younger soldiers your younger cadets you know who are getting in there because that's their development period you know and and i think presenting some challenges some challenges and and getting out of your comfort zone and all that are very necessary just in your personal development Mm -hmm. um but as long as you know as long as you have the the right intent of what it's supposed to serve you know the purpose it's supposed to serve and it should be centered around development you know development and Rather than, you know, rather than, yeah, rather just like hazing to, to be hazed. Yeah, that's very well said. Jack, to, to wind up your, your West Point career, and just so, so Daniel knows that in this, his last year, there's two like really big events that happen. And one is that they, they, they uh, choose their branch or where they, they get branched. It's branch night. And then they, where they're, then they find out where they're going to be stationed. So before the branch night, and branch a branch of the army is like the infantry, the armor, artillery, engineers, transportation, logistics. There's, there's 27 different things they can do. So, you know, Jack, had, he had asked what to do. And I, and I told him many times, maybe not what to do, but what not to do. And Jack, what did I tell you not to do? Don't branch infantry. And so what did you do? <laughs> Branched infantry. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as he said, he told me he drank the Kool-Aid. That's just, just, like, just like I did really back in my day, too. Exactly. So wait, why did you say don't go infantry? And then, Jack, why did you go infantry? I think I said don't go infantry. Well, for one thing, I was like, and, and, and Paul knows this to, to some degree, too. There, there's a certain mentality in the infantry that uh, – you got to deal with the entire time you're there. I always call it the meathead mentality. Okay, we're going to do things stupid just because, you know, it's, it's harder to do it that way. And that's, well, Al, I'm going to prove I'm tougher than you. And I just, there's just 
it, it, it can be very, very frustrating. And, and I think, I think it doesn't take a lot of talent in my, <laughs> I think, I think Jack would have been much better in doing these things. Like Paul was an engineer, you know, before he, before he drank, it was forced to drink some of the Kool-Aid later on in life. But, uh, you know, and, and also it's harder on your body later on, not when you're young so much, but when later on, you know, everything hurts. So I thought that there was just things that he would be more, be a little more suited for. If you notice just from talking to, to Jack now, you know, he's not the A, you know, the super A type personality, meat-eating, you know, carnivore that's going to go out and just you know, walk over bodies, you know, just to, to get wherever he wants to be. Uh, he's, I think he's a little bit smarter than that. So Jack, you're given all this, all this reasoning, and yet you, jo- you decided to join the infantry. I did. I did. So I was, I did drink the Kool-Aid like my dad was saying to some degree, but like he was saying there, the infantry is, it is, it is probably the most challenging, you know, part of it all, but it's been very rewarding too, because it's, it's, uh, it is, you're purely with, you know, the guy, the guys on the ground, your, your mission is to say with the infantry is, you know, close with and destroy the enemy. And so do I look back on sometimes and be like, yeah, but should I have done something else? Yeah. You I mean, of course you do, you know, It'd be you know, my personality. Maybe it would have been fit elsewhere, you know. But um, you know, I chose infantry, and I don't really, I don't regret it because I've had some great experiences up to this point, and it is a very pure test of, especially you know, small unit leader, which you know, I've been fortunate to be at, you know, be a platoon leader. So I got you know forty guys, you know, under me right now. I myself and a platoon sergeant. Um, you know, we we're responsible and we you know run. Yeah, everything for you know 40 man platoon and it's you know there have been good times and bad times within it like anything but you know it has been a really really good experience uh but yeah so i mean it, infantry is like like my dad said it is a uh definitely a uh a meathead world but yeah you gotta love it <laughs> so so after he graduates they send all the officers to their their whatever branch they are to their, a, a basic course okay which is several months long so Jack went to Fort Benning, which is the, the home of the infantry, and did a lot of his training there. And after they do their officer basic training, okay, then generally they'll go to ranger school. So Jack went to ranger school and then went to ranger school again, which is, tell you the truth, I mean, it, 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 that I, I, I was never more proud of him than maybe in between you know, ranger school one and ranger school two, how he handled himself and, and went back, because that that does not happen very often. So going twice is not typical. What happened? So you're uh, so you're constantly graded and assessed through Ranger School the whole time, and you can pass or fail, you know, throughout the whole thing, and you can fail pretty much at any time from the from the course. And it's divided up into three phases. And so you have your 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 first phase, so what they call Darby phase or Benning phase, which is held at Fort Benning. Then you have the second phase, which is mountain phase, which is held up in the mountains of North Georgia. And you have your third phase, which is swamp phase, which is down in Florida. So you have three different phases you go through, but you could you know fail throughout throughout the whole school and pretty much just be dropped completely and have to start back from square one. And I made it all the way up until the last phase, the Florida phase, and failed at that and got dropped. And had to, you know, go back and start all over. And uh, it was it was pretty heartbreaking, you know, to really make it up till 
the last phase, the last, literally the last thing to where you are almost completed with a, a pretty grueling course. And, you know, I was you know, basically told like, hey, you're, you're not good enough. It was tough. It was tough, you know, to see a lot of your buddies go forward and to graduate and to, you know, accomplish ranger school. And you kind of feel like you, you know, I was kind of left a little bit. And it was one of those things, you know, you had, I failed. And no matter how heartbreaking and disappointing it was at the moment, I knew pretty much from the moment, you know, they gave me the, the failure slip at four printing and told me to get lost. <laughs> pretty much right there, I was like, all right, I'll come back. I'll do it again. And there wasn't a doubt in my mind that I would go back and that I would earn it. But it was definitely a really good test of uh, resilience. You know, the worst part was these, I had to start from yeah, day one again. And, you know, it's a grueling course. And having to go back to day one was like, oh, my gosh. It's like, it's like, yeah. So they don't give you credit for um, the first two phases? No, no. You got to start all the way over. Uh, you think um, they would. I, uh, I wish they would. <laughs> What were the actual tests and courses like? Um, each phase was uh, pretty brutal. So uh, the most physically demanding phase, I think, would probably be the mountain phase, which is your second phase. I mean, you're just going up and down mountains constantly, you know, up and down and through just rough terrain. And I did it in the wintertime, too. So the wintertime up in the mountains was, you know, it was snowed on us a couple times. It was pretty much sub-zero or sub-freezing temperatures, you know, the whole time we were out there. So, I mean, it just, just affects your body and, and your mind. But, but, but Daniel, what they, what they do, if I may interject, Jack, is is you're put in a leadership position and you're given a mission and there's 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 planning you have to do, okay? And then there's, you know, the execution of the plan. And, and so you're going through these phases of, you know, the mission from the planning to the execution. And there's all these steps you got to go through along the way. Okay, and do and, and the whole thing as a leader, you're like supervising your people, making sure everybody's working together, and and so in a area where in a place where you have no sleep, no food, you know, to cause that stress, then you're 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 it's really pushing you to think and and, and lead, you know, and and follow you know what what is kind of like prescribed for you out there, but you know there's a lot of leeway that you can do, and that you're you know we have your personality can come out and whether you, you know, stress out and freak out about stuff or you're trying to be calm and cool and lead people through these missions. Okay. And the missions themselves are like generally with in my, when I went through every mission I was ever on was an absolute disaster. <laughs> and if it, if it was going well, the RIs, the ranger instructors, they, they inserted themselves and screwed it up. But all of that is once again, designed to, put stress on you and make you react in a, a level-headed and logical way you know, that you're not just giving up or panicking or just like lose your mind and like you can't, you can't make a decision. And you know, that, that happens to a lot of people. And uh, you just got to kind of learn from that and go on. So that's what those, those missions are as you, as you go along the way. Now you'll, you know, have a mission, you'll be graded on it. And three days later, you'll get another mission. You'll be in a different leadership role you now. And it just kind of like, goes from there and it's also one of those things like you know it's it's you don't know when it's when you're gonna your name's gonna be called so i mean that's another little bit of added stress there mm. you know halfway through the mission they made stop stop the mission and go okay all new leadership okay so at any time you could be you know tapped for that 
So you can't ever really take it. It's hard to take a day off. You can't. You got to know what's going on and, and stick with it. So that's what that's why it becomes such a grind over the time. By the time you get to the final phase, your body is weak from you know malnutrition and and your you know, your mind is is just is numb. And so that's that's the the final part. You, know, you just got to get got to get through it. So was the t- is the test like very clearly are the metrics laid out like you need to pass within these parameters and if you don't meet this mark then you fail or was it is it more of a subjective judgment by whoever's running the course it's oh, not subjective, subjective. It, is, it is it is but i mean that's not to say like my first time around i i, I didn't make mistakes i did i could have done things better you know to make that but and some of those the ranger instructors are just they're just pricks and they don't they don't pass anybody you know, and just uh, they kind of like, hey, yeah, you know, they 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 forgot all about when they went through, and like they just thought, you know, their memory is that they're Superman, they're like Super Ranger, you know, and and you know, they're not going to give it to anybody else. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons, a lot of good people who who don't pass Ranger School that should have, you know, and there's a lot of guys that pass Ranger School that probably shouldn't have, but that's what happens. Yeah, there is a pretty subjective part in the grading and the passing and all that, but. Yeah, I accepted it. You know, I had to accept it. Okay, you know, I had failed something that I had was a goal of mine for a long time. And it's, you know, something that in the infantry world, especially for young infantry officers, is pretty much like the pinnacle of what you what you want to do to establish your career from the start. And it fuels you too. So, you know, failure, a disappointment, you know, fuel you to go back and to try again. And you know, I went back in it and I wanted it. I wanted to get it. I wanted to, you know, finish what I started and, and accomplish that accomplish that goal. And I went back and and you know, the moment walking back into Camp Rogers at Fort Benning for the second go around was a uh it was tough right there because I was like, you know, kind of leading up to you like, all right, I'm going back, I'm going back, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I can do this, you know. In a way you're kind of, you know, you're fueled by, you know hatred and you're pissed off and you're like you're ready to go that and then you're they're walking through the gates again at camp rogers was like oh man uh you start stepping in you're like oh man this place this place is terrible but um yeah i learned a lot about myself i learned a lot about how to be you know level-headed how to you know be calm and in situations that you had been to before and that you had failed at before and you know, you're going back you know to try again and again it speaks against the importance of being resilient and things, you know, still holding on to, to hope that you will be able to achieve something good out of, you know, whatever setbacks you go to. So that's the, the big thing on, on the whole Ranger School experience of, you know, failing at first, making it all the way to the end of failing at first, and then going back and getting after it, you know, finally graduating, you know, it not only made it that much more, um, you know, sweet at the end when, you know, my old man was able to pin the tab that he earned, you know, back in 1990. So about um, 29 years before, uh, pin that exact same ranger tab that he earned back then on me. Not going to make it that much more, you know, sweeter. And you can be like, yeah, I did it, and I did it in the hardest way possible, which was <laughs> absolutely again, not 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 necessarily something the, the way you want to go about it. But you know, looking back on it is uh, it might sound crazy. I would not want to have it any other way. And, and that's why I say, Daniel, like I really I remember my thoughts when I was at Rainier School, and I don't know if, if I had recycled one phase, much less the entire school, if I would have gone back. I mean, it was, yeah, you know, it, it was a suck fest. But one of the things that, that, that 
Jack had said that I, I, I really got a kick out of is he's actually had people come up to you, Jack, and say like, hey, you're the guy that went through ranger school twice. So with, with a little bit of reverence to that, you know, like. Is that like a, you're crazy? How could you do something like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some people ask like, man, like how, you know, how the hell did you do it? How did you pull it off? And you know, how did you, how did you go back and go back through the whole thing again? And, you know, and I kind of think about it. I'm like, you know what? I mean, like, I hope if you, if someone really wanted it that bad, I hope yeah, anyone would do that. You know, mm-hmm. in my, it was in my shoes in my situation. Mike uh, told a, uh, an entertaining story from uh, a time when he was very sleep deprived. I, I, Mike, I've actually gotten a lot of feedback that people really enjoyed that story. Do you have a story <laughs> that would uh, be entertaining for uh, our listeners? So there was, uh, I can think of two right off the bat that are, <laughs> I'll tell the first one that I think might be the best one. So we were going through the swamps in Florida at night. And, I mean, it's like neck deep swamp at certain points. And there's snakes crawling around you. There's, it's a terrible environment. And you got, you still got all your, carrying all your equipment, your weapon, you got, you know, hundred plus pounds on your back. And you're moving through these swamps at night and you're just falling everywhere. You're falling face first in the mud and it's terrible. And we're going through the swamp. And we were doing, we were crossing a river. So there's a river that was running like directly through the swamp. And we had to basically get, get everyone across. You, have, you know, swimmer goes and ties a rope on the other side and you shimmy everyone across this river. And the you know, river's flowing pretty good too. So it's, it's uh, you know, one of the tests you go through is can you maneuver a platoon through a swamp and you do a river crossing and all this. And I remember when we got to the river, a uh, thunderstorm rolled in, raining, lightning, all like all over us. and the RIs who like my, <laughs> they're always playing like the tough instructors that get, you know, the stone cold instructors. It was, they're like, Hey, you know, move it Ranger. We got to go like, start with like, get moving, get moving. So you got so bad. They were like, they were almost like freaking out a little bit being like, Hey, Hey, uh, you good? Like here, I'll help you. <laughs> just like pushing you through. They're like, they were kind of freaking out too in a way. So it was just like, you couldn't see where you're going. I don't know how we didn't lose someone in the swamp it was complete chaos and like we eventually made it to the high ground and, and got a calendar of everyone. And it was just like, Oh my gosh, did that, did that really just happen? <laughs> That's probably one of the best ranger school stories. Like, I mean, described up, but there's so many, especially just like funny hallucinating ones. I mean, I remember talking to trees, talking to bushes. I'm, what were the conversations like? You know, I, I you have no idea. About I mean, food. It's like Probably are just, stuff every day you're out there something weird happens or something crazy happens you're just like whoop you just kind of shake it off and keep going but uh saw people uh be standing up and fall face first flat on the ground just from being so tired and they wouldn't get back up <laughs> they passed yeah. out yeah well almost like they passed out but it wasn't like they you know it was they were just so tired they literally fell asleep standing up until face first so they're that tired Wow. And they just didn't get up. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a pretty crazy experience overall. But. Uh, so, Jack, we asked your dad this question. We've asked most of our guests this question. Uh, imagine you're 25. And, and how old are you, actually? I'm 25. You're 25. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. <laughs> imagine, imagine you're 25, but you never went to West Point. You uh, never went to Ranger School. You, you don't have, you're not married. You don't have a girlfriend. 
You don't have any real responsibilities other than you're uh, caring for yourself. Would you join the military for four years or every week for six months, uh, write and deliver a 10 minute uh, stand up comedy routine? Ooh, comedy or the military? Yeah, comedy or the military. I, I, I think we all know the answer, but uh, you can <laughs> what? Uh, I would, I gotta go military. I gotta go military. This guy has been so rewarding the whole time and with it all. And I can't imagine not having been military and you know, done something with, you know, with that. But yeah. Oh yeah. I guess you gotta go military. Yeah, comedy would be fun. <laughs> you, be think, a lot of fun. You, you think you could do it? The comedy? comedy? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. Just cause like, I don't know. I like, I like, I like having fun. I like laughing and joking around and all that, but I don't really like the, uh, the spotlight really i mean i could i could talk in front of people and could you make them laugh uh, <laughs> and do that could i make them laugh i don't know <laughs> sounds hard sounds really hard. Depends, on, depends on the crowd I, but nah, probably not military be my way of course uh going through ranger school in the winter sounds incredibly hard <laughs> and he had to do it twice yeah and doing it twice you didn't you didn't do winter twice i hope i did i did yeah winter twice what <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. Like, what? I would have, I would have tapped out. I would not have, I would not have made it. Oh, I would, have, I would have made up every excuse in the world. Oh, you slotted me for a winner. Uh, I'll take spring, please. That's why I still don't have any feeling in my, my fingertips or toes from I bet, that. Man, well, see, that's that brutal. But, but Paul, that's one of the things where he wanted to do that because his battalion was going to Iraq, and he wanted to. He wanted to catch them. Yeah. No, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. So uh, you were commissioned, what, uh, almost three years ago, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, it'll be three years next month. Right. So May, May of 2017. And your dad uh, retired a little while ago. And so you guys were uh, in uniform for over a couple of years at the same time. Now, you weren't in the same location. You weren't in the same unit. Uh, but you, I imagine you found yourself in uniform with your dad in uniform. Has that happened? Yeah, a couple of times. So we, um, I think there were three big ones. And Dad, you, if you want to yeah, add add to anything, but I think there were three big ones that were pretty, that will stick in my head or ingrained in my head for a while was, the first one was, you know, when I commissioned and, you know, at West Point, we graduated the same day and you commissioned, you know, as an officer, you take the, you know, you put your, pin your bars on. And then of course, you know, you, have, you do the, your ceremonial first salute. So it was, that was one, awesome moment yeah my dad and i got to share too with you he got to be the first salute and uh the next one was pro was uh ranger school so he got to pin you know the tab my his ranger tab that he earned back in 1990 he's in uniform that i was too that was a great uh memory that might have been my favorite my favorite one but um and then the last one was awesome too so that i think yeah dad it was your last day in uniform right or your last official day in uniform I kind of cheated <laughs> on that because you guys came in late. Yeah, it might, the first he might have gone retirement, but you know. Yeah, he might have gone a day over, but it, yeah, yeah, it still counts. But yeah, so uh, I think he was in uniform for when we got off the plane from Iraq. Um, you know, deboard the plane, had the the, uh, the homecoming ceremony there. He's in uniform for that. So was I. So I think those are like the three big uh, shared experiences we had in uniform together. I think all three pretty uh pretty cool yeah those are all really cool uh i i can almost guarantee that you're the only lieutenant mike ever saluted as a sergeant major 
<laughs> you may have a point there. <laughs> well, I'm least qualified to be bringing up this topic, uh, which I think is why it's I, I'm doing it. But you played football when you were in high school. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Played. Uh, it started in. Uh, I was younger. Started back in early middle school, and then all, yeah, all through high school. And how would you qualify the importance of football in your life? Ooh, very important. Very important. Uh, football is just like, it's just a great, I mean, it's a great sport. I love it. It's my favorite, favorite sport. Uh, you know, I love, you know, put the pad and the helmet on was, you know, every year was just incredibly fun. And, and uh, well, Daniel, I'm going to interrupt and just tell the first story of Jack's football experience. Like, grown up and Jack, I don't, I don't insult or anything, but he was terrible at most sports. Now, he didn't try. He just, baseball was like just, oh, my gosh. He could throw and catch, but he couldn't hit the ball to save his life. It's what every kid wants to hear. His dad said he's <laughs> terrible at sports. It was painful. I made, I made up for it, though. I made soccer, up for it. He didn't, he, didn't, he, didn't like, he didn't like soccer. Swimming, he became he – he got into swimming. He was a very good swimmer. Breaststroke, I mean, the harder strokes, not so much the freestyle but or, or, or backstroke, but also um, – Butterfly? Butterfly. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. very good at that. So he was very successful and doing, doing great. And then one day when he was, I think, in seventh grade, right before seventh grade, he came home and said, like, me and my buddy, we want to play football. And Katie's first words to him were, you're not going to play football. You swim. <laughs> you know? And he's like, oh, no. Oh, no. I said, Katie, you got to, you know what? You got to let him play. You know, he'll probably get his ass kicked and he'll be back before you know it. But instead, and he did get his ass kicked. You know, and... and <laughs> I mean, I remember, I remember making like pads for him because he was he would come home bruised from the practices, but uh, he 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 stuck with it and 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 then take it from there, Jack. Yeah. So it was uh yeah football from uh, the first year yeah I mean it was kind of a uh, transition you know from playing you know just backyard pick up football and all that to actual playing like you know putting helmet pads on and playing but yeah I just instantly instantly just fell in love with it. I love, you know, just like being tough and, you know, just the whole aspect of the game, you know, playing as a team and loved it. I mean, it just became my favorite sport from there. What positions did you play? I played mainly wide receiver and outside linebacker for my position. And is Um, a linebacker a defensive role? Yeah. Yeah. You're on defense as a linebacker. So I love, and by, by the time, like, yeah, junior senior year rolled around. I just I fell really fell in love with defense too of just being the defender, you know, going in and hitting dudes, you know, hitting them right in the mouth and just especially playing linebacker too, it was just so much fun. Because you felt like you were in on, you know, every play, you know, either in on making a tackle or just in on a tackle or so I just I mean, I wasn't a star by any means, you know. I was a plus forty five playing outside linebacker and love giving hits, but I took a lot of hits too and I just love playing. I just I I was scrappy. I just loved playing football, and it was just just the sport was just so fun, and it's just so it's so American too. You know, Friday night football, the high school level is like nothing else too, and it's so uniquely American. You're not going to find something like that anywhere else in the world. And of course, like NFL football, you know, it's good professional sports and big time college. You know, it's comparable to other things like big time soccer and other parts of the world where, you know, it's very publicized and, you know, people have their own teams. People know the players, you know, they're almost like celebrities and all that. But when you break it down to 
high school football, it's communities, you know, communities that come down to, you know, fill in stadiums and, you know, what, you know, the players, you know, you know, everyone there, nowhere else you're, you're going to find that in the world on, especially on Friday night, Friday night football, Friday night lights. It's just one of those things like it's, uh, it's incredibly special and it, it sticks with you. It's stuck with me, you know, close to my heart for my whole life. And, you know, I know it will for you know, the rest of my life. And it's like, it's just one of the things, you know, like I hope it can just carry on. And, and we always joke with some of my, some of my friends sometimes, some of my, you know, close buddies back home, you know, dad, you know, Brock Buchanan and guys like that, you know, Clay and Mike, some of my closest buddies from back home, um, you know, I've kept in touch with since high school. I grew up with, you know, were guys I played football with. And, you know, we always kind of joke sometimes that what would we do? What would we give up to go back and play, you know, go back in time and play one more game, you know, play against Hanover High School our senior year one more time. And I, I think we, I think we decided on, we'd give like one of our fingers for it. Was it, was like our decision or we, we'd give up some, you know, some, some pretty significant things that go back in time just for that one. But just get It's just one of those things that, I mean, you just love so much and cherish it. What do you think, Paul? Um, Collegiate? Yeah. Uh, at, at my age, I'm not giving up a finger. <laughs> but, but uh, sure. I mean, the, the, the you got one last thing. throw in you though, right? Yeah, I mean, hey, look, the notion of being 18 again and uh, playing football would be amazing, yeah. Did you fall in love with it more because of the, you know, the technical aspects of the game, the strategy, the puzzles, or was it the social the culture surrounding it, the community, and like you're talking about the Friday night football, that kind of stuff? I think it was more of the second. I think it's more of the second part. I think it's just like the, the team culture, the, the toughness that is required of football. I think more of that. Yeah, the, the, the technicalities in, like, the game is, is interesting. Yeah, it's definitely something – it teaches you, like, you know, preparation to go up against someone. But you find your motivation. You find the the memories come from, you know, just the environment of it all. Mm-hmm. You know, being, being up against that guy from the other team in front of you, you know, who's going to, you know, who's going to win that battle there was – you know, just having the crowd cheering for you. And then, you know, during the week too, grinding through practices, you know, summer two a days and all that was, it was all about the environment. And uh, that's what really made me fall in love with it. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just a, it's a great, it's a great sport and I still keep up with Atlee high school football. Even, you know, I'm 25 and, you know, seven years removed from putting the pads and helmet on. And I still keep up with my high school team. Just, you know, seeing Actually, how he gave, him a, he gave him a talk at the, at the beginning of the season last year, right? Yeah, yeah, really a couple came at the end of the season. I had to be home, yeah, just on leave right after Iraq and you know, ran into their coach up there and went and talked to the team, just shared shared a few words, you know, kind of just addressing some of the similar things that, you know, we've been talking about now, you know, just how, you know, awesome football is and how to appreciate it with what you got right there and, and you know, how it is uniquely American, you know, what the good lessons and times you're going to have and you know, just tell them, you know, savor every bit of it, you know, savor every single bit of it. Cause fortunately football is one of those sports to where once you're done with it, you're done. You know, you could always pick up football, play, pick up football, fight football, whatever, but you know, you're never going to be in it again. You're never going to be in that environment again. You know, of course, unless you go and play at like the collegiate level or higher than that. But you know, for most people, myself included, I mean, that's, you know, that's not an option. So when, when it is, when it's over, it's over. And that's just, it's one of the, the tough things about, about football is you, you grow to love it so much and it becomes such a pretty, you know, big part of your life, especially at a young age. 
And when it's over, it's a big party that's just kind of gone. But I mean, you just have so many good memories and, and all that from it. Like, you know, the guys, you know, like even, even like, even to this day, it's just like, whenever I'm back home and I catch up with some of my old buddies from high school and all that, you know, we'll go grab some beers or whatever. Like, like, you know, of course the conversations are, you know, about how, how everyone's doing, you know, catching up with each other, but they all resort back to football games. Yeah. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it all resorts back to that to, to one thing. So <laughs> I spent more of my, my life from zero to 18 outside of the U S than in. So the whole football train, the whole phenomenon, I didn't understand it all. All I got was the, you know, the everybody except America perspective, which is yeah. it's a bunch of big idiots uh, putting pads on and running into each other and it causes concussions and it's bad. And that's, <laughs> that, that was like almost the only perspective I got and soccer or as everybody else in the world calls it football is the only real sport, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> it's just really cool to hear the perspective because you're right around my age, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we, you parallel me in that you grew up in the States and you experienced the whole football phenomenon. And it's really interesting hearing how it's an integral part of, of you and, and your life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's just, it's just one of the things, man. I mean, uh, football is just one of those, like you mentioned, yeah, it's uniquely American things. And, and well, uh, I also think it has parallels to with the military. Yeah. Oh no, it definitely does. You know, it teaches you early on, you know, it teaches you, you know, teamwork and, and, uh, you know, just having grit being tough and, you know, going up against, uh, you know, another guy literally right across from you, both you guys, you know, just want to take each other's heads off. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good, pretty much like you mentioned, Daniel, about, yeah, a bunch of big idiots just running at each other tackling. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. I mean, in talking to you, you, you deal with uh, meatheads in the infantry and you deal with idiots that want to take your head off in football, but you seem to have a, a – I don't want to say mild-mannered, but a very well-mannered and polite and calm presence. Are you secretly super competitive? You just kind of keep it under the surface? Yeah, yeah. I, I have some comp- competitive nature uh, underneath me. And I like, I love, yeah, I love getting competition. Yeah, you because know, competition makes you, brings a lot out of you. Yeah, I like to, I like to be, you know, seem to say, yeah, try to be a little bit more mild-mannered and respectable and, and calm and all that. But i uh, also feel like that you know competition is what you know drives people with fuels and is really what brings the best out in you too and, you know, and and healthy competition does that you know there's you know, the difference between healthy competition and unhealthy and, and uh you know unhealthy is being more like you know being bitter towards other people you know being resentful you know not um you know kind of being backstabbing to your, your buddy or whatever like that's more like unhealthy healthy mm-hmm. being like you know you and your buddy are going to compete but you're going to push each other. And at the end of the day, you know, you're still going to be friends. You're still going to, and you do it for, of course, you know, because you want to beat him, but you want to do it because, you know, you know that you're improving not only yourself, but your buddy too. Yeah. And then it goes more to the higher up to the team aspect. But yeah, I think, yeah, competition is always a good thing. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. All right. So you, you use the word career, I don't know, three or four times, uh, during this discussion, uh, are you, are you planning on doing 20 plus in the army active? Yeah. I, I'm honestly, I don't really know. I really don't know at this point, you know, I've been in three years. Uh, my commitment, my initial commitment is five. So I got two more years left and, 
I don't know. It's hard to say right now. You know, I got you know some aspirations I could do on the outside. I could stay in, and you know, I, I feel fortunate to you know even have different decisions on the table. And and uh, you know, we'll see. It, it's hard to tell. You know, what next year is going to bring, or years after that, or hell, even what you know next week is going to bring. You know, especially with what what's been going on recently. But uh, so we'll see. You know, we'll see. Like I have been considering a lot about you know going to the National Guard and and uh, you know, having a civilian career too but you know still being you know with the military with the army still do you know training and doing stuff like that and balancing out you know both of those and you know it's a big consideration i have and um you know one thing i really want to do and i'm you know, really looking into is uh you know, potentially flying as my next uh kind of goal and ambition and trying to drop a uh, a flight packet and, and go on that route and you know flying for you know maybe possibly active duty or the uh the national guard as uh, as well so um Considering that and possibly you know, staying in infantry and staying on the career track I got now, being a uh, company commander and moving on through that, or or you know, maybe just you know, hanging it up and going into the civilian world and, and establishing myself there. So, you know, it's like right now, I'm kind of coming up to the, the decision point on, you know, what you want to do next and where you want to take yourself. But, um, you know, right now, I mean, I think uh, my goal is uh, to stay in the, you know, I like the Army. I like I like it a lot and that it's you know afforded me some you know wonderful opportunities and I feel very fortunate to, to have had those and I think the main outlook is you know I want to stay in the army in some way you know I, I, w- I would like to eventually you know get back to Virginia get a uh, whole family live there and I would like to get back and, and kind of settle there and, and uh, Jack I've told you okay. several times Colorado Colorado he wants me to you move reason, out west you hear reason to move he, out west. he can't <laughs> yeah because he can't <laughs> But uh, no, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, I love my family, close to all the family. So we, you know, I would like to maybe move back and be close to them. But uh, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. And uh, you know, just started dating a girl. Got a new girl in my life now. So I mean, that could be something that drives some decisions down the road. Yeah, you just don't know. But uh, feel fortunate to at least you know have different options on the table. Yeah, w- once you uh, make a commitment to a young lady, like with with a ring, I mean, yeah, you. Your decision-making days are almost over at that point. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, what, whatever you do, I wish you the best of luck, Jack. I really appreciate you joining us tonight. I uh, love the fact that you are serving our country. I respect you for that, and I appreciate your service. Mike, all of that goes for you as well. Uh, so thanks for joining us tonight. Really appreciate it. Uh, our pleasure. Daniel, great great to see you again. Uh, yeah, thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, sir, and, and Daniel, thanks a lot for having us. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's great talking with y'all. And uh, go Army. Be David. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed. Come find us on Facebook or Instagram by searching PodSo1. We'd love to connect and hear your thoughts.